good morning, and thank you for rocking with me on another Monday Morning Motivation. I definitely know it's been a while. So whether you're listening on your drive to work or at any point in your day throughout the week, my prayer is that this message ignites reflection and a moment of meditation that draws you closer to Christ. And again, thank you. And with that being said, let's dive right in. Today's verse comes from Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 13. And it says, And Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey to a far-off country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. The story of the prodigal son. Many of us have heard this story from countless pastors from many different perspectives. And if we aren't careful, we can look at the story and say, that'll never be me. I'll never be like the prodigal son. Simply because we incorrectly understand what made him prodigal. We think it was the audacity that he had for asking his father for part of his inheritance while he was still living or others may think it was the way he was brought low and eating with pigs and finally having the realization that he was wrong and returning to his father to work as a servant but it was neither of these things that actually made him prodigal we look at the word prodigal it means spending money or resources freely or recklessly recklessly being without thinking or caring about the consequences of an action. Now, remember that it's recklessly means not just not thinking about the consequences. Sometimes it's thinking about it, but not caring about the consequences. So when we look at the story, it was actually verse 13. And those things that we read and assume from that verse that made him prodigal. It was his reckless living. It was his division of resources that were meant for multiplication. And on a quick side note, I want to point out that by asking for his inheritance before its due season, he actually ended up shortchanging himself. But more on that later. Probably one of the biggest reasons we don't think we can end up like him is because of how we're introduced to him. So the first time we hear about the prodigal son is in verse 12. Well, verse 11, when it says a man had two sons. But then it says, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. Give me what I am owed after you pass away right now. I I want that right now. So when we first hear about the the younger son, we hear about him from the perspective of an entitled brat. He's asking his father to give him money that he did not work for. Money that was not rightfully his until his father was on his deathbed. And so we look at that and we say, "I, I could never do that. I could never have the boldness that he had to ask for his inheritance before it was due. So we naively forget that that's not where the story actually began. 
He didn't wake up one day and say, hey, I want all of my money before my father dies. But no one really talks about the process of how we got there. A lot of times when we hear this story, we hear it from the perspective of the loving father who welcomed his son back home with arms wide open and throwing him a party and not accepting him as a servant. We hear the equation between the father and God loving on us after we've run off as a lost sheep. Or I've heard the perspective of the older brother who, when the father does throw the party, him in his jealousy goes to the father and says, hey, wait a minute. How are you going to throw him a party who went off and wasted all your money when I've been here the whole time and I haven't had not one party thrown for me for being a responsible son? But rarely do we talk about the younger son outside of him spending all of his money and ending up with the swine. Well, how did he end up there? How did he end up in verse 12 coming to his father asking for his inheritance? I want to dive into that a little bit more today. I want to walk through the four steps that I can see taking him from youngest son or baby boy to the prodigal son. The first step would be presentation. This is when something is placed before us. Back then, we could think about it like him seeing what's going on around him in the neighborhood, him watching how other kids live. Or even if we think about it a little bit deeper, as merchants came in and out of the the area that he lived in, him watching how they lived. Today, we see the presentation phase as social media, as commercials, pictures on Instagram, apps, TikTok, anything that we open up that floods our eyes with how other people live, what other people do, how things are going on around us. Normally, the presentation phase happens externally and involuntarily. It's not something you ask for. It's something that's thrown in your face constantly, especially in today's society. There is a constant barrage of this is how you should live. This is how you should look. Whether we ask for it or not, the minute we turn on our TVs, the minute we open up our phones, we're constantly seeing these things, the presentation phase. And if we're not careful, that phase can flow over into the influence phase. The influence phase is when we take an active role in seeking those things out. In the presentation phase, it was external. It was we had no choice. We just opened the app and on the for you page, it showed all of these things that it thinked we might like. When we go to the influence phase, it's now an internal thing. It's what was presented to me now becomes the thing that I go out and seek more of. It becomes the accounts that I follow voluntarily. It becomes the groups that I join voluntarily. Those things that were presented to us now become influential to us and begin to shape our desires. From there, it goes to desire. And I believe this is where we met the prodigal son at. It's after he'd been presented and influenced by a certain lifestyle, it became his desire. 
desire is when it roots itself into our hearts and minds and we begin to reinforce it constantly by building community around it. It's when we constantly go and visit those pages. It's when we constantly go and visit those sites or engage in conversation around these things that make us want it more and more and more. Because understand the boldness that it took to go ask his father for his inheritance before he died. The inheritance wasn't something you asked for. It was something you knew was coming and waited on. And this is why I say that by asking for his inheritance before its due season, he ended up shortchanging himself because understand what the inheritance was. It was the passing on of everything that the father had built up to his children. So in asking for his inheritance early, he shortchanged some of his father's earning potential for him. Because we see in the story, even after the son returned, we don't even know how long he was gone. But even after he returned, the father still seemed to be in good health. He was still in the prime of his earning potential. So there was a lot more for him to earn. But all of that that he earned after he gave his son his portion was no longer belonging to the younger son. Now it all belongs to the older son because the younger son had already taken what belonged to him. So he missed out on everything else that his father earned. He missed out on all of that portion. And a lot of times that's what happens when we try to th take things from God before their due season. We miss out on the full maturing process. And we end up with a half-baked, half-done product, which can then turn into a curse rather than the blessing it was supposed to be. As we see in this story, the money that he got for his inheritance ended up being the downfall of him rather than what it was supposed to be, which was a influx of money after his father had passed on for him to project his life upwards. He was supposed to use that inheritance to go above and beyond what his father had. And now he didn't have that opportunity because he wasted it because he got a half baked blessing. God says, wait, wait for the full maturity of your blessing. Do not take it before it's due season. And this leads us to the last step after the presentation and the influence and the desire has rooted itself in our hearts. Then we begin to pursue wastefulness. We spend our energies chasing after the thing. So after he got the money, then he went and squandered the money on reckless living. It's not that he didn't think he knew the consequences of his actions. It's he thought he knew and he didn't care. And a lot of times that's how we are. We we think we understand the consequences of the path we're about to take. But how many times have the consequences turned out to be more than what you thought they were going to be? How many times have they exploded from A and B to A through Z? And we think to ourselves, if I would have known that these consequences would have existed beforehand, I would have never taken this path. I only took this path because I thought I knew what to expect. But that's what God says. Trust me, 
I know the beginning and the end. You only know as far as your eyes can see. So when I say don't go, when I say wait, trust me. Now, this process in and of itself isn't the recipe for reckless living. It was what the son decided to focus on that made it reckless. Because if he replaced his heart's desire to blow money and live above his means with the desire to pursue God and live for his father, then that same process would have been turned completely around. The issue is who we allow to inform the desires and pursuits of our heart. It's who we allow to influence us. And it all starts with something as simple as what we allow to be presented to us. What are we allowing our eyes to rest on? And are those things creating a desire in you to walk closer to Christ? Or are they creating insecurities and feelings of inadequacy and fear of missing out? Philippians 4, 8 reads, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. Father God, we come to you today praying that you change our eyesight. Give us new sight and help us to see what to focus on. Stop this process and unhealthy things from entering into our hearts at the presentation phase. Help us to see and understand that what we look at, what we decide to focus on is very crucial in our walk with you. Those things that we decide to dwell on, those things that we allow to influence our hearts can take us so far away from you into being prodigal, into wasting our resources, wasting our money, wasting our time, wasting the love in our hearts on things that were never meant to be hurtful to us, on things that you never meant for us to experience. Help us to understand that sometimes things come with maturity. Sometimes it's not a no, it's a wait. Help us to see that we don't want half-baked blessings. We want the fullness of everything that you have for us. Please continue to guide us and lead us as we pursue more of you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you again for joining me today for this moment of meditation. And remember, there is no day like today to be motivated for Christ. You can check out the podcast over on Instagram at monday.morning.motivation. It's without an S. Or reach out to me at mondaymorningmotivations at gmail.com. Continue to grow in your faith, and I hope to ride with you again next week. Thank you, and God bless.